This is 680-CJOB. Hi. Welcome to the Sports Show Podcast with Christian O'Mell. Whether you're listening Thursday night, Friday morning, whenever you're listening, thank you for doing so. Today on the podcast, checking in with Garth Goodbranson of Golf Manitoba, talking about the big Tiger Phil match, as well as Aaron Cockerill and his amazing journey. Some Winnipeg flag footballers, a big day for them Friday as they try to win the national championship in Edmonton. And a local basketball club trying to do some good in the community. That's all on the podcast. Now joined by Garth Goodbranson, the Director of Player Development for Golf Manitoba and the coach of the Manitoba Bisons golf team. Lots to talk about, Garth, but first, Tiger versus Phil. Is this something you're going to drop 20 bucks on? I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm still debating about it. Um, you know, you sure hear a, a lot of people talk about it, which I think is great for golf, um, and there definitely is a different of opinion. It's going to be weird because there's no fans there. It's going to be just two guys mic'd up bantering. I wonder if they're going to be swearing too because it's pay-per-view, so they can probably say whatever they want. But Yeah. I think, though, like on the positive that side, they're probably going to hear bantering that they, you know, people don't hear when they regularly watch golf on TV. So I think that's, you know, hopefully a, a positive thing for it and just hear that they're human, too, and they have their own discussions. I think that might be really good. But, uh, yeah, you might hear some other things, too. Who knows? Well, one of the things about Tiger is that often he's considered kind of not human, right? He's kind of robotic on the golf course. Yeah. He doesn't talk to many people on the tour, doesn't have a lot of friends on the tour. Phil, I know, isn't mo- the most favored guy on the tour as well. And in the lead up to this, there's been a lot of selling of it by Phil, and it seems kind of phony. But at the same time, these are two of the golfers of this generation. For sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, they've had terrific careers and people look up to them and, and love cheering for them for a long time. So, uh, yeah, you know, you hear some people, they, they say it's too bad this didn't happen 15 years ago. Right. But, you know, they're still terrific players and uh, I think it'll be entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I might just catch the highlights after. I don't know. It's at two, yeah. two in the <laughs> afternoon. Both, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Moving on to how the season went for the Manitoba Bisons. You coached the team. I uh, talked to you not long before the final big tournament in Victoria. So uh, how did this season kind of wrap up for your squad? Well, we were very, very happy with both uh, you know, the men's and women's team. Uh, probably the highlight of the year was the men's team coming in third place at the Canadian University Championship back in May. That's uh, you know our best finish in the last few years, but... That's uh, the university golf has improved so much in Canada, and to, to finish third, I think, is uh, that really says a lot about the program. Uh, our last tournament was in BC, and and what that was is uh, it was a qualifier for the 2019 Canadian University Championship. So that's something that's really really important to the program and to the players. And uh, you know, I'm glad to see that both teams have qualified for the. Uh, Canadian Championship. So overall, we had a lot of pauses. Uh, you know, the men's team won a tournament in Bemidji. They came second in a Twin Cities Classic in Minneapolis. Women's team, you know, their scores are better than uh, a lot better than last year. And Marissa Naylor just had uh, a terrific year with uh, a lot of top 10 finishes. So we're very pleased with it. So when is the uh, 2019 Championship? That'll be uh, next May. Yeah. Okay. So you know, it's going to be a little different because, uh, you know, we've had uh, some, we have some players graduating after in the spring. So that's always a, an interesting time. I mean, it, it does create new positions for, for next year's team. Uh, the five, the four veterans were like Devin Shade, Jack Werhan, Steve Young, and Jeff Blue. And, 
you know, all were just had fantastic careers as a Bison player and super, super people who did a lot for the program. So, you know, it is going to be sad seeing them go. They, they've uh, been great teammates and, uh, and great representatives programs for, for a lot of years. That's one of the natures of coaching at this level, though, is you got to let the birds leave the nest, right? Absolutely. You know, it's, you know, you're proud of them for sure. And it's really, really some of the neatest things is, is seeing the alumni and where they've gone in life and what they're doing and uh, seeing them, you know, some of them with their own kids now. And uh, that's exactly right. It's a very proud moment. One of the uh, prouder moments for golf in Manitoba recently has been Aaron Cockerell's performance overseas at the European Q School. He has conditional status for the European Tour going on their challenge tour. Uh, he's about to head to Australia for a tournament. He was on the show earlier this week to talk about that. What do you, what are your uh, experiences with Aaron Cockerell here in Manitoba? Well, I just had nothing but fantastic experiences with Aaron. Uh, back in 2009, he was on our Canada Games team, and uh, we just had a, a fantastic time you know, at that Canada Games. Uh, we had a two-year training squad, so we got to know all the players and, and the parents, and it was just a, it was an excellent experience. Um, you know, Aaron was a terrific junior. Uh, kind of a interesting thing is Aaron didn't really play his first junior tournament until he was about 17. Um, he was a baseball pitcher, and, uh, you know, he was really into baseball and started playing. So he was kind of a not even really a late bloomer, but maybe a late starter. But you could see as soon as he started playing, you know, there was no doubt that uh, he had lots of talent. What is it about his game that separates him well, the thing that always, a couple things always impressed me about Aaron. One is how straight he is. He's one of the straightest hitters around, you know, and uh, I've always admired that. The other thing is, you know, just his attitude on the golf course. Like he, you know, he's one of those guys, and that's why we like multi-sport athletes. You know, I, I think of him as a baseball pitcher and, and how he would bring that into his golf game. I mean, he had, he had a great mental game on the golf course. He had a great attitude. Nothing really phased him. You know, he would have maybe a bad hole or a couple of bad shots, and he would never know it. And, uh, you know, you could tell he was a good athlete, and uh, and that's why he plays golf. But uh, also just how straight he is. He, he is a very, very straight hitter, so that's a nice thing to have. Is this uh, something you could maybe see happening more often, players from Canada or the U.S. trying to cut it overseas instead of trying to make the web or the PGA Tour here? Well, you know, it makes sense. You know, there's just so many good players throughout the world, and it's just another option. And, uh, you know, you look for a young guy like Aaron, uh, what a great opportunity to go over to Europe and play some golf, meet some people, you know, and, and work on his game and I just think it's fantastic, and it's it's really uh, it's it's fantastic to see how many Canadians are doing so well. You know, not whether it's on the PJ Tour, the McKenzie Tour, uh, everywhere. It's it's uh, I think every Canadian's uh, pretty proud of how the how the men and women are both playing in, in uh, from Canada. And I think it's really cool to be able to go overseas. Uh, he said, you know, these, he's going to all these places he's never been before to to play golf, a sport that he loves. He doesn't get a lot of downtime, but at the same time, he says he tries to take a day to just kind of be a tourist and to be able to see the world, but also play the game you love. That's got to be really cool. For sure. And, and what a great attitude, you know, to, to be able to take it all in. You know, sometimes you get people, they get so focused on golf that, that they forget the other things in life too. And, and balance is uh, very, very important. And as you can see, Aaron does a great job of that. All right, Garth. Well, uh, what is the next... I mean, a few months look like for you, it's going to be cold, so it's not really golf weather. 
Well, you know, the, there's always something. And the nice thing is, is in uh, 2019, it's uh, Western Canada Games here. So I'll be coaching the Western Canada Games team. So we'll be practicing at the Golf Dome starting in January and getting to meet everybody. And, uh, you know, it, it's a lot of fun because these players here will be involved in different programs from Golf Manitoba for the next three, four years. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and we'll just kind of see how they, they develop throughout those years. Well, I appreciate you taking time to talk today. Uh, enjoy your winter, and uh, we'll see you on the course in the spring. Okay, great. Thanks a lot there, Kristen. That's Garth Goodbranson, the Director of Player Development for Golf Manitoba, also coaches the Bison's golf team. There were 10 regional CFL-NFL flag tournaments across the country recently where more than 75 teams and over 700 kids played, and 10 teams have emerged and qualified for the national championship in Edmonton tomorrow. Takes place in the field house at Commonwealth Stadium starting at 11.30 a.m. The playoffs begin at 4.30 p.m. Playing for a berth in the NFL Flag Championship during Pro Bowl week in January in Orlando, Florida. Where they'll compete against other international flag teams. So each province sending a team to this tournament in Edmonton and Winnipeg's representative, the Tuesday Night Tykes. Coached by Andy Wall who joins me now after corralling 10, 10 and 11 year olds into a hotel. Andy, take me through what tomorrow looks like for your team. Uh, we get up, we have a team breakfast, and then uh, we're off to the uh, Commonwealth Building here in Edmonton, and we'll play four games, and then out of that, the top two teams from each division, there's two divisions, ten teams, um, there'll be two playoff games for a championship, and that'll be, uh, I guess, a Canada-wide one. How many kids do you have on the team? Uh, ten. Two girls, eight boys. And so do they all play at the same time, or how does uh, the flag football work? Uh, it's five on five, so five will play on offense, and five will play on defense. How excited are they to play tomorrow? Oh, they're super excited. Uh, these kids, have a lot of them have playing together since they've been about seven. And for them to play on a big field like this, was the uh, regional at Investors Group Field? Yeah, it was at IGF, and they've actually gotten to play their whole bunch of times, so they all play tackle, too. Uh it's less about the stadium and more about getting to play in the tournament and represent Manitoba. They're pretty pumped up about Do you have a kid on the team? Is that why you coach? Uh, yeah, my son's on the team. Okay. And I, I, I volunteer in the community, so it's just kind of a... I've always done volunteer work, and it's one of the ways to kind of give back, right? Right. So when you see the kids out there having fun, how does that make you feel? Oh, prof. It, it, it's crazy. and like it, They're all friends. They have sleepovers. They're buddies. You know, it, it's great. It's more than just about the wins and the losses, right? It's they built relationships. Absolutely. So what are your chances tomorrow in terms of uh, the rest of the country? How do you stack up? Do you know? You know, we honestly have no idea. We haven't seen any of these teams. So that that's the part we're really excited about. Having said that, these kids just finishing winning a provincial championship in tackle football in their age group. So I'd be surprised if we're not competitive. All the teams had to win regional tournaments to get here, so I think everyone's going to be competitive. Do you get to stay for the Grey Cup? No, we don't. Unfortunately, we come back on Saturday. Okay, so it's a pretty, pretty whirlwind couple days then for the kids. Yeah, it's whirlwind. And, if, you know, obviously if the Bombers would have been here, maybe we'd have debated staying an extra day and make our way back, but unfortunately it didn't work out. Yeah. This team, Tuesday Night Tykes, uh, I guess you play on Tuesdays. That's where the name came from? Uh, yeah, and there's a a Netflix series called Friday Night Tykes with a bunch of over-the-top football coaches and players. And uh, we we did it as a parody joke because a lot of the parents watch it, and that's how we came up with Tuesday Night Tykes. And it's actually, a, 
I think it was our quarterback that threw out the name, one of our 11-year-olds. It kind of stuck. We all had a chuckle, so that's what we went with for the name. Okay, well, uh, have fun with the kids tonight, getting ready, getting some sleep. I don't know how that'll go at the hotel, but I'm sure you'll have a, a great time over the next couple of days, Andy. Well, hopefully you can interview me when we go represent Canada in Orlando, Florida. So Let's hope. All right, Andy, take care and good All luck buddy. this weekend. Andy Wall, the head coach of the Tuesday Night Tykes, Manitoba's entry into the, well, Winnipeg's entry into the NFL-CFL flag championship. It's just called the NFL when you advance to the Orlando one, but... Good luck to them. That's got to be a lot of fun to be able to go to the Grey Cup. Feels like a huge deal, right? So good for them. Joined now by Candace Perkins, is volunteer coordinator for Team Crossover Basketball Club. Candace, first of all, tell me about uh, Team Crossover Basketball. So Team Crossover Club is six teams. There, there were two clubs who joined together to create crossover basketball. So it was the Team Flex Basketball Club and the Team Fury Basketball Club. So now they've joined together to create crossover, and there are six teams altogether, ranging from ages 10 to 17, 18. Okay, so what's the, I guess, is there a league that this, this club plays yeah, in? Yeah, they play, they play in the Winnipeg Basketball League, so, okay. yeah. And uh, how many people are, or how many, I guess, kids are involved in this? Uh, I would say close to close to 60, 70 kids for, with all the teams. Okay. Now, you're the volunteer coordinator. How did you get involved? Uh, I got involved because my son is actually on the original Team Flex, so... Uh, it was very important to the coach that the kids get a different look at the community, and that was through volunteering, and that I'm very passionate about that, so I uh, stepped up to help with that. So what does your position entail before we get into what's happening this weekend? So my position is just to look for events or opportunities for the kids on the basketball teams to get out in the community and give back and volunteer. That sounds kind of unique for a kids group to have somebody that's, you know, their their task is specifically to find spots to give back in the community. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's good. I think it adds a little something to the club, right? A little something extra rather than just the basketball. Right. So this weekend, there is a food drive that the Crossover Basketball Club is putting on. Yes, there is. It'll be at the Save on Foods on St. James Street, and they'll be collecting food donations and cash donations for to support Winnipeg Harvest. And this is both Saturday and Sunday? Both Saturday and Sunday. We'll be doing it from 10 to 5. Okay. Is this the first year that this food drive has been done? This is the second year, actually. The first year we only did the one day, but last year we collected 650 pounds of food to donate. So it was a good year. Very impressive. So you're spanning it over the weekend. And what was the reaction from the kids last year when they got involved in this? You know what? The reaction from the kids is always really good, and it makes me want to keep doing it. They have a lot of questions they like to know because they're usually not they're not experiencing this. So to get involved in the community and see a different side of it, you really see them want to know more and understand it more. So I like that. And they feel the re, you know the responsibility they have as people with some amount of privilege to be able to give back like this. Yes, that's exactly it. So this weekend then, how many people will be at the site? Is it all the players kind of taking shifts being yeah. at the store? Yeah, you'll have kids from all teams taking half hour to hour shifts. So it'll be a, a mix of all the teams. Okay. And is it uh, just kids going out, parents joining them? What's the uh, the split there? 
parents that usually hang out and watch and just kind of just hang back. But you know what? It is mostly the kids who are talking to people, getting donations, making suggestions. Because a lot of times people are coming in shopping and they're just suggesting maybe you could buy one of these items that they need the most. So it's good for the parents to sit back and watch too because they don't get to see that from their kids a lot. And it is nice. What kind of feedback have you received from parents after these charity events that or volunteer events that you, you coordinate? They love it. I'm always a little leery because I know it is something extra to ask them to bring their kids to, but after they get to see it, and even sometimes we'll go right to Winnipeg Harvest to volunteer after getting to volunteer with us, they love it. So it's it's good. When you were younger, was the volunteering a big part of your upbringing? Um, not so much when I was younger. I, I grew up in a small town outside of the city, but we had a lot of tough times, so I've been I've been on that side of it too. So I've always liked giving back and helping people. So I did get into it when I moved to the Winnipeg. And it's a mixture, right? You know, kids learning sports, learning teamwork, but at the same time, there's this extra aspect to it, and you're trying to instill something in them that they can take with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, for sure. All right, so again, this is this weekend, 10 to 5 at the Save-On on St. James. People can bring food or just buy food there and donate to uh, Winnipeg Harvest? Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, Candice, well, thanks for joining me tonight, and I hope a lot of people come out and uh, support your cause. Thanks so much for having me. All right, that is Candace Perkins, a volunteer coordinator for Team Crossover Basketball Club, holding a food drive this weekend. If you go to the Save-On Foods on St. James, you can... Help out, of course, Winnipeg Harvest. Many ways to get involved with Winnipeg Harvest this time of year. They always need your help, especially heading into the Christmas holiday season. And that's just one way that you can lend a hand. Check out the CJOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. with Christian O'Mell and the Sports Show Podcast. Not available on iTunes, not available on Google Podcasts, not available anywhere you get your favorite podcasts Yes. This is 680 CJOB.